Well, folks, this is an additional recording of the talk that I gave on Sunday, the 22nd of October 23, about friendship. Uh, sadly, the uh, live recording didn't work, and so here I am in the comfort of my home, uh, trying to do it justice for a second time. You'd think that a uh, second time it would be better than the first time, but uh, it's slightly different talking uh, to a, uh, an iPhone rather than a live crowd of uh, people at our family church at Carrick Vineyard. I'll give it my best shot. Um, we, this, we introduced really, first of all, with, uh, with a question of uh, what is it they like to do at the weekends? Uh, for some of us, it could be uh, just simply resting from work or it could be a nice meal or going out for a drink or watching sports or cutting the grass or whatever it might be. And, and as well as obviously making Sunday church attendance a priority. I, I started off, sadly, you're not going to get to see the, the two images that I showed live uh, of me doing something that I love doing, which is simply out running in the mountains. Uh, a particular event that I do is called the Morn Mountain Marathon, which happens on the third weekend in September. And uh, I've done it a number of times now, and uh, many of those times with a good friend of mine called Richard, who's good friend who lives in Carrick. We, we run a fair amount together and uh, we, we, we partner up in this event, which usually takes place over the Saturday and the Sunday. And that requires you to navigate your way over and around and across the mountains, uh, carrying with you your, your tent and your sleeping bag or a number of other things. And uh, the reason why you have to do this particular event in pairs is simply because if something happens to one of you, you've got the other one to help look after you. And it has happened before. I had a pretty nasty injury uh, one particular year. I cut my shin open, having fallen down in the hole in the ground, which I didn't see because it was covered with heather. And uh, we had to spend a bit of time, bit of first aid and all the rest. And it's just good safety measurement and requirement uh, for such an event that you do it in pairs, that you don't do it alone. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, uh, verses 9 and 10, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. During our sabbatical that we had this summer, um, we uh, were not allowed really or we, we had chosen and we were advised uh, not to connect with people from within our church uh, simply to get a complete and utter break from church life and church work. And, uh, and, and that was kind of quite challenging simply because many of our friends are, are, are people within our own church. And so it really forced us to, to look outside of the church in terms of friendships that we have uh, both here in Northern Ireland but also further afield in England um, and, and really, really uh, helped me understand the importance of cultivating really healthy, life-giving friendships. And Chantelle and I uh, enjoyed many uh, times catching up with friends and sharing our life and where we were at and, uh, and they likewise with us. And it, it really made me think, goodness, how, how important is it for me personally, but for all of us, uh, that we would have friends? Uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, he wrote the following. In friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, 
a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at the first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are strictly speaking no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work, Christ, who said to the disciples, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Can truly say to every group of Christian friends, Ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. As it says at the beginning of uh, the book, uh, uh, the beginning of scriptures, it says it's not good for man to be alone. God ordained friendship. It emanates from his heart, from this Trinitarian being and his nature. And so into our post-COVID recovery, where friendship took such a pounding, into our modern day era where we have countless numbers of online friends and followers, into a a culture that's filled with all manner of different uh, mental um, health um, issues and, and, and things that which affect many of our lives and into our value of community and family and doing lives together we want to address in this session and in next Sunday's teaching uh, the importance of having friendship. Friendship is right across the scriptures. There's loads and loads of stuff that we could point towards. Uh, the book of Proverbs, for example, is full of nuggets, these, these one-liner gems which really, really um, uh, help us forge good friendship but also warn us uh, against uh, bad friendship as well. And, uh, and then, of course, we, we look to the person of, uh, of Jesus, he himself, um, modelled good friendship. The obvious people we could point towards would be Mary and Martha and Lazarus, as brothers and sisters who would have often uh, played host to Jesus and uh, would have befriended him and, and had hospitality together. Then, of course, Jesus' relationship with his disciples. Firstly, we do need to remember, however, that first of all, that they were his students, they were his apprentices, but as time wore on, you can, you, we can gather from reading the scriptures quite clearly that, that, the, that it goes beyond the teacher-student relationship. And that in fact, uh, in John 15, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. There's loads of other examples uh, about friendship throughout the Bible. We could look at Naomi and Ruth, Elijah and Elisha, Abraham and Lot, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Paul, Priscilla and Aquila. But today, uh, during this time, I want to look at the example of David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan was an unlikely friendship. First of all, David was a shepherd. Jonathan was a prince. He was, uh, of course, the son of the then king Saul. Uh, Jonathan had his own armour. David had a harp and a slingshot. Jonathan grew up in the palace and was trained in the art of war. David grew up in the little town of Bethlehem and was trained to tend sheep. Jonathan was the oldest son and in line to inherit the throne, whereas David was the youngest of eight boys and was anointed to be the king 
uh, later after Saul. Jonathan was of the tribe of Benjamin, David the tribe of Judah. When they first met, Jonathan had uh, was already a great man of war. He would have, he had already have killed twenty uh, Philistines in battle. Um, David, on the other hand, he was uh, this young shepherd boy who would have come round to the house or the palace, as it were, to play the harp uh, for his dad, for Saul, who was emotionally tormented by a spirit. And whenever David, this musician, would come round and would have played the harp, it would have eased the suffering of Saul. And and that's uh, that's probably where they first would have encountered each other and met each other. Uh, David also at this moment would have had of um slain Goliath as well in the well-known much-loved story. And so uh, into this moment we read 1 Samuel 18 verse 1 to 4. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. He loved him as himself. From that day Saul kept David from with him and did not let him return home to his family. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing, gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. For those of you who've seen the best ever film ever made, uh, Gladiator, uh, you'll know that the story unfolds where the then uh, Caesar Marcus Aurelius passes the title and role of Caesar in his, in his last days to his top general, to Maximus Decimus Meridius. Um, because he found him to be honourable and faithful and competent in battle, instead of uh, the the true and rightful heir to the throne, which was his son, Commodus. If you've watched the movie, you'll know that Commodus um, gets wind of his father's uh, intentions and therefore hatches a plan and has his, uh, in fact, murders his own father and then hatches this plan to have Maximus arrested and executed. Commodus, of course, was jealous of Maximus, that the throne, the title of Caesar, was being passed to him instead of himself, the rightful heir. In contrast, Jonathan could have acted like Commodus. He could have been jealous. How dare this this other young man, this David from a little town of Bethlehem, why does it have to be passed to him. Uh, But Jonathan was not jealous and he was not threatened. Jonathan saw what God saw, that the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that David himself was a man after God's own heart. And Jonathan saw these things in David. Uh, Both of them Whilst they were from different backgrounds, they were both warriors. They were both men of faith who served the living God and that they were provided God-given courage and strength. They needed each other. And so for the time that we have left here, I want to just touch on just five things, five things that we learn from David and Jonathan from their friendship of what we would do well to, to think about and to seek to cultivate in the friendships in which we have in our lives. First of all, that we recognise that friendship is ordained. It's, it's set up by God. It's not fluke, as we read earlier, the C.S. Lewis quotation. It's a gift from God, and he's already orchestrated these things. And as we 
consider and ponder uh, friendships that we've made in our lives, both current and maybe in, in the past, how they came about, in what circumstances did we find ourselves in and when we first met the, that person or those people that have become our friends. Um, as we've mentioned already uh, in 1 Samuel 16, that, that it just so happened that David was in the palace playing his harp and that's where uh, his friendship with Jonathan began and where it grew up. Um, I remember when I first moved here to Northern Ireland 22 years ago, in, in preparation for coming, I was beginning to think, goodness, I'm making a whole new life for myself. All my, uh, my family and my friendships, they're all in England where I'd where I was raised and where I grew up and I was leaving behind some really quality, brilliant relationships and uh, in preparation for us to speaking to a friend of mine who said, I know this guy in Northern Ireland, he is amazing, he's such a great guy, his name's Jasper, at some point you're going to want to meet this guy and uh, I, I could just really see you two getting on together and I thought, oh that's great, well, I'll certainly bear that in mind but I'm not going to kind of fly over and then suddenly put an ad in the newspaper uh, where's Jasper you know I kind of thought well if it happens it kind of happens and and it did happen it just so happened that actually uh, Jasper's uh, fiance uh, now wife happened for many years Lynn Lynn was a volunteer uh, with Chantel when Chantel first worked for Tear Fund when we moved over here all those years ago and and really through through that friendship through Chantel and Lynn, we got to meet Jasper and uh, I guess cliche the rest is history Jasper has and uh, became a good friend and has been for for many years now and it's just one of those things you know just just God set it up had it out there had it ready uh, that that would happen secondly friendship is intentional and and probably the strongest and biggest thing that I really want to communicate it is is the importance of being intentional when it comes to friendship. Uh, Jonathan saw in David uh, what God saw, and instead of choosing jealousy over the the title of future king or rivalry, he laid that stuff aside and and he sought friendship and he sought out David uh, in terms of friendship. Proverbs seventeen says, "A friend loves at all times, and a brother." is born for a time of adversity. This deep friendship, this brotherly love for one another, which grew and developed over time, bailed David out of some tricky situations. Time and time again, we're going to touch on them, but I'd encourage you to go to the scriptures yourself, 1 Samuel 18, and just read a few chapters there. You'll see time and time again, this deep, um, protective, faithful, honouring, trustworthy uh, friendship between the two of them that came into play on many a significant occasion. We need to be uh, intentional about friendship. We need to make moves towards it and we need to make it a priority in our lives. It won't just happen. We need to cultivate friendship. And if you have friends, good friends, the friends that we're sort of talking about today, call them, text them today, appreciate them, show how much you care and how much you love them and and perhaps if you've not seen him for a while, well, get out the diaries and arrange to meet up. And, and if as you're listening to this uh, today, you feel like actually kind of friendship or the depth and level of friendship that you're talking about, I, I just don't have that. 
my encouragement to you is pray and seek and ask the Lord for this ordained friendship and seek, you know, who is there? Who is God drawing to yourself to 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 become friends with? About a month ago, I was uh, a part of a group. We, we went across to uh, the islands of uh, Isla and Jura, the closest Scottish islands to us here in Northern Ireland. Uh, on a boat, there were eight of us. We went across. Um, we uh, we got breakfast there and, and visited a couple of the distilleries over there and, and then eventually ended up on this tiny island called Eileen Moor, uh, part of the Cormac Islands, a very, very small place. And we were able to moor the boat and uh, get up onto the island. We camped over. We visited this incredible 12th century church or the remains of it. And we we gathered the eight of us, eight men, our, our middle son, Owen, who was 18, right the way through the ages to 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 our friend, uh, who's 68, and, and every age in between, eight of us men together, spent time worshipping the Lord, praying for each other, um, having fun, drinking together, and having just a lot of really quality, healthy uh, time together as blokes, being open, being honest, being vulnerable, but also having a great laugh together as well. And I remember a conversation that we had around a fire pit late at night. And uh, it was by this other fellow who leads the church in a, in a different stream, different denomination to ourselves here in Northern Ireland. And, and he was kind of putting across this, his view that the church or the, the churches need to do better at providing support and encouragement um, and friendship for those of us who lead churches. And and I I agree to a certain degree with, with him, and I did agree on the night within our kind of conversation that we were having. I said, I think, you know, the kind of certainly systems and structure and support and, uh, and, and that sort of thing is really, really important for us that lead, and especially sometimes given the loneliness of what we do. But I said, but if I'm really, really honest, what we're doing right here, right now, being away together, being intentional with our time and being open and being honest about where we're at, that's where it really happens. That's where true kind of friendship, which is our individual responsibility to, uh, to be intentional about and carve out the time for. We, we could put in the best person to, to befriend someone and oversee someone and do all that. If they don't actually get on or don't really kind of connect, well, we're just putting something in place, true and meaningful and God-ordained friendship, uh, which is also intentional, is really what we're looking for here. Thirdly, what we learn from Jonathan David's friendship is is honesty and vulnerability. As uh, David David's popularity grows, uh, Saul uh, becomes increasingly jealous of his fame. And, and uh, so as time goes on, Saul plots to have David killed. We read in 1 Samuel 20, David uh, flees to this place and Jonathan asks, uh, and, and so he goes to Jonathan and says, what have I done? What is my crime? Why, what, how have I wronged your father? Why is he trying to kill me? And Jonathan says, never, you're not going to die. Look, my, my father doesn't do anything great or small without letting me know. Why should he hide this from me? It isn't so. He's looking out for his friend. He's looking to reassure him. Time and time again, he does this and looks to protect Jonathan. 
even as things unfold. And Jonathan realises that Saul's intentions are, in fact, to kill David. We need to have friendships which are open and honest, where we can share the not only the good, but also the bad and especially the ugly. Uh, reminds me of a story I, uh, some time ago. I was talking to an older gentleman who he was just telling me how he was uh, one of his friends was uh, was in was dying. He he had cancer. It's terminal, and and over a number of weeks, uh, th- this this friend of mine was was really faithful to his friend, and he was faithful in that he met with him on a on a fairly sort of frequent basis. You know, just journeying with him in those very difficult and very painful and very challenging times and uh, they would meet together and chat and hang out and as I was talking to my friend I said well you know how's he doing you know goodness that must be so difficult you know how does he feel about what's what's his emotional state like you know is he is he worried about um dying and he says oh I I, I don't know uh, I said well how, how do you know like how don't you know like do you not talk about that? And, and and his reply really took me back. He kind of said, oh, goodness, no, we don't talk about that. I was like, what on earth? Like, what 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 do you talk about then? He said, oh, well, you know, we talk about the football or we talk about the rugby, we talk about the weather. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, you know, fair play. He was doing the great thing of visiting this guy and spending time with them and, and, and in many ways that's that's part and parcel of the friendship, isn't it? Let's acknowledge that. It's about being present. It's about showing up. And that is really, really important. But but friendships need to go beyond a certain facade. And lots of friendships can just be kind of low level and they're, they're just people that we know. But the kind of friendship I think many of us are longing for is a much deeper connection, a much more open and honest and vulnerable connection. And we see this with David and Jonathan. Fourthly, uh, from their example, we see that friendship often is sacrificial. Jonathan sacrificed the throne. In fact, he, he ends up serving this shepherd boy and, and, and puts his uh, David's needs in front of his own. And Jonathan stands... In, in, in front of his own father and actually takes the side of friendship over family, which is incredibly difficult. Uh, we, we read another confrontation um, as Saul is pursuing David. We read in 1 Samuel 20 verse 30, Saul's anger flares up at Jonathan. He says to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, and neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Samuel hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. In this uh, really angry confrontation that Jonathan is having now with his father Saul, uh, Jonathan learns that Saul does intend to kill David. Saul, uh, sorry, Jonathan stands up for David and says, what has he done wrong to you? Saul just gets even more angry and in fact 
throws his spear in order to kill his own son, Jonathan. Friendship sometimes is sacrificial and can be costly. It requires us to stand alongside our brother and sister in all times, and especially in times of adversity. In my role um, as a pastor, I'm, I'm often uh, brought into situations and circumstances alongside people uh, in very, very difficult situations. It could be a relational fallout. It could be uh, poor health uh, or poor health of a loved one or the death of someone or all number of different um, difficult and painful events that just happen in life and happen in our lives. And it's an absolute honour and privilege to to draw alongside people in that way and in that role. But, but often when these moments arise, one of my first questions that I'm pondering and sometimes I ask is, is, is who else uh, does this person have in their life? Who else? What, 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 who is their friend? Who is their go-to people? Who is it that they have uh, intentionally built relationship over years that, that can draw alongside and actually do a way better job than I can do in, in my pastoral professional kind of role? That person, that, that, that if, if people have taken the time to build these deep, meaningful relationships, those, they're the people that are in the trenches alongside um, in, those, uh, in those difficult times. Lastly, we learn from Jonathan and David that their friendship was inspirational. Jonathan inspired and encouraged David with his walk before the Lord. The story unfolds, David's on the run again, and we read in 1 Samuel 23 uh, that Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him to find strength in the Lord. He went all that way, he went out of his way to David in this place to encourage him, to help him find strength in the Lord. And we need these kind of people, don't we, in our friendships? We need these people that are going to really spur us on towards our own relationship with God. The best uh, known proverb uh, about friendship is Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I'm so grateful to God that over many years now, um, in different churches that I've been a part of, there have been friends that I've had Friends that encourage me to, to continue to pursue friendship and relationship with Jesus. There have been people in my life that as my gaze has, 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 has come away, as my, uh, the, 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 the love that I have for God has, has sometimes just diminished, that there's been people that have inspired me, encouraged me and picked me up and, 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 and pushed me towards loving him again and getting my own gaze upon him. I'm so grateful to those kind of friendships. And so that also is so, so important for our friendships. And so just to conclude our time together, we need to be uh, open to the ordained friendships that God brings into our lives, that he sets them up for us. But we need to be intentional. And men especially, I think some of us um, with time 
And over time, we we begin to pull back from the true, deeper, authentic, honest, open, vulnerable relationships uh, with one another. And uh, and uh, we, we kind of pull back and then sometimes we we recognize and realize that actually uh, we can be quite lonely. And sometimes that can be quite a, a dangerous place, a vulnerable place to put ourselves into. And so my encouragement to you and to, to all of us, regardless of, of who we are, or what age we are, what our background is, that we would uh, place the importance and the intentionality about having friends, friends which are authentic and honest and friends that um, help us pursue relationship with Jesus. Hope that this has been helpful to you. Uh, uh, do pray about these things. Pray for your friends or pray for friends and we'll follow this conversation up with, uh, with another time together which we look forward to uh, the following Sunday, Sunday the 29th of October. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Take care. Love. God bless.